0: And invite your sisters, because we're about to have a powerful conversation. Tune in. Welcome, power people. Let's get into it. Welcome to our third episode in our Toxic Lover healing series for season two of the Heal Everything mm-hmm. podcast. I'm really excited about our focus tonight in the conversation. And I'm also very nervous if I can just keep it 100, which you know, I do on this podcast. I'm excited because um, unfortunately, at least in my generation, you don't really hear women speaking to the matters of men's hearts confidently and accurately. And I made a personal decision years ago after my second marital experience that I would invest in understanding how to have healthy relationships with men not just romantically just in general like i grew up with mostly female friends i grew up in a family structure where the women were very dominant and leading i had real difficulty understanding the hearts of men and particularly black men men of color um and i didn't want to handicap my daughter by not not gathering that information. I wanna say that again, I was very clear that I could only give my daughter what I had (laughs) and so if I didn't really understand the hearts of men, if I couldn't figure out how to interact in healthy ways with men, I would not be able to teach her that. And so it became a priority. And I didn't want to speak to just my experiences with men. I really wanted to get healthy and whole enough for my own traumas with men that I could interact with men without projecting those past traumas into the dynamics. I wanted to be able to be a safe space for my brothers and for my lovers. And I wanted to really heal the impact of my daddy wounds, right? So I want to have this conversation in honor of my um, ancestors who are men who have big hearts and um, brought strength and power into my bloodline. I wanna have this conversation for every man that's been a part of my journey in my life that has contributed to the evolution of Tama and me being the woman that I am, I wanna honor my fathers. I've been blessed with three, my biological father who brought me here through my mother's womb. He transitioned when I was one. I wanna honor the father that raised me from two onward, my stepfather, And I want to honor my spiritual father Who came in when my stepfather Transitioned in 2017 I want to honor my first Husband I want to honor my second I want to honor Zah's father Like I am a woman That is intentional About making sure that When I have the opportunity to Speak to the greatness Of men That is what you will hear me saying More than What I think is wrong because I discovered once I prioritized really getting to understand what's going on in the hearts of men and calling in powerful, healthy, grounded black men in particular into my life. When I made that decision, they came. And if any of you were following me in 2018, you remember When I started doing those live streams in our Facebook group, Let the Womb Be Heard, saying the brothers are coming, the brothers are coming, that wasn't just for you. That was for me. That was based on conversations I was having with God about, you know, I know there's divine masculinity, but where is it? I need to see it. I need to experience it. I want to study it. I want to interact with it. And so here we are having this conversation. And I want to talk to you about the matters of men's heart. Now, listen, I'm in no way saying I'm an expert. That's why I also said at the beginning, I'm nervous about having this conversation because I don't want you to misinterpret my intention. I want to say some things that may be triggering for both men or women. But my intention is just to provide some insight and to start a dialogue. I have already prayed up. And um, did did my incantations for this particular episode because I have found in my work that part of my anointing is to teach men and women how to heal together. And through, you know, Elevation Weekend, retreats that I've done, through uh, the coaching I provide for couples and all of this, even though my brand is tailored for women, it reaches men And I have these amazing opportunities to hold sacred space for men and have been doing this for a long time. Um, And so I want to just share insight about what I've discovered. So sis, this may make you clutch your pearls or your crystals, but you don't know what you don't know. One of the things That every man I have either been with, interacted with, um, or held sacred space for communicates is I don't feel like I have permission to really focus on myself And I don't feel I have permission to feel what I feel without having to worry about it becoming a burden for the women that I love in my life oh, Okay I'm going to say that again for those who missed it I hear men say this Men who genuinely love their wives Don't want to go nowhere Love their moms love. But in this culture Here in America We have a lot of men being reared and trained To let their entire identity And value and worth Be determined By the work that they do And taking care of other people And then we wonder why we have a lot of women outperforming The the statistics when it comes to health and wellness Of our men Because even if they couldn't pay all the bills They still are living in an energy and a psychology of I must sacrifice things I desire, need, want, because I'm a man, because I'm the man. That's what men are supposed to do. And I have been teaching the men that I hold sacred space for that beyond your bank account balances, beyond your net worth, which are important for men, by the way, and they make that very clear to me too. So women stop trying to take that from them (laughs) in these relationship dynamics, which we can unpack some more in our podcast after hours. But literally, you know, there's a natural innate energy and impulse that men have to want to provide. Um, And there are different factors and experiences that happen with men that, affects their capacity to do that but I have personally never met a man who did not have the desire now I met a lot of men who don't have the capacity but that's not the focus of the conversation the focus is what's in the hearts of our men I have not met a man who did not want to be able to provide for people that he loved whether that was himself or others his mama, his cousins His children You know and so That brings me to What I what I said it's One of the first things I hear I don't feel like I have permission Right now whose responsibility Is it to Be yourself It's your responsibility I don't um, With men or women That I hold space for let them sit in an energy that says How somebody else shows up Is responsible for how I choose to show up I hit women over the head with that And I hit men over the head with that Everybody's responsible for what they choose to be Do and and create But what I'm saying is When I started hearing men say I don't feel understood I don't feel like I can be genuine Honest and open about what I'm feeling in my heart Because I'm so concerned That might set somebody off Or it might be used against me It might put me in a disadvantaged position I didn't just hear that and say Well you need to be who you are regardless I started tracing Have I participated in the cultural Societal experience that has so many Men feeling this way When they interact with women. I started tracing it in my own house. And I started becoming more mindful of some of the behaviors. And things that I say. That would make a man. Begin to say she doesn't hear me. She doesn't understand. And it was really my spiritual father. That helped me recognize Certain aspects of myself and, and one of his favorite mantras with me When I would call him what an event About something I was experiencing With the men under my roof He would say to me Baby If the two of you are the same Then one is not needed Will you please leave that man alone Leave him alone I Did not know how to stop inserting myself. And that impulse. To insert myself. in the personal development of the men in my lives. Was a defense mechanism. Because somewhere in my consciousness. I really believed. That their evolution or the lack thereof had a direct impact on the outcomes in my life, in my legacy, and my destiny. And so, in some ways, being with the old version of me was suffocating and oppressive. And I could not change those traits within myself until I recognized them and owned them. And of course, when I get into conversations like this, it can go both ways. Women can say that they've had this on the other side. But I'm not, I'm not here, ladies, to really talk about your experience specifically with men. I'm just trying to help you hear and hopefully understand what a lot of men are experiencing in their heart space. And you will decide if you have created enough peace and closure within your own narrative to be able to hold a sacred space of compassion without attachment and without judgment. So yes, Despite what you think is your best attempt to be a great listening ear and a safe space and all those things, sometimes you're still not understanding what's being asked. So a lot of brothers share with me, I don't feel like I have permission. Sometimes that's because the woman brings criticism or inserts herself sometimes it has nothing to do with the woman they are with um it's unresolved trauma outdated value systems that they've been given about what the identity of a man should be um a lot of men that I've worked with said that they were raised by fathers who were emotionally unavailable they could pay the bills in the household they worked a lot but Did they actually sit down and talk to their sons about emotions, feelings? And not really, you know, every now and then I get a few brothers who've had that experience. But um, most of them are in a space of awakening to the need to be um, in tune with their emotional health. Right. And so they are figuring out what that looks like for them. But also feeling the pressure of, you know, if I don't have it together and if I haven't amassed a certain level of success, then am I even valuable? Am I even valuable? The other thing I've heard is... From a lot of men, something that's on their heart is that question of, am I good enough? Right? Am I good enough? Am I good enough sexually? Am I good enough spiritually? A lot of men that I I have connected with just create a lot of pressure, which can oft, often be... An indicator of a lot of insecurity. But some of it is is similar to what happens with the women I work with. You just don't know what you don't know. You just, you're finding your way. To my sisters who are listening, if there is a man in your life that you love and care about. And you have interaction with. Does he have permission with you to not know his way and it be okay? To be in a space where he needs to find himself, figure out what he wants, right? So those are some of the things. Now, I've also heard on the flip side, I I know a lot of men who are wealthy and self-assured and they've done a lot of personal development work. And some of their frustration is the, the sisters ain't really... Doing the work they say they're doing. I mean, they go to these conferences. They go to these sister circles. They go to their Reiki practitioner and all of that. They don't say they come to the womb sign, though, because I be wanting. But they say, you know, they doing all this stuff. But behind closed doors, they're a mess. Their finances are a mess. Their health is a mess. They got bad habits. And if I try to bring that to their awareness... They acting like, who am I to tell them the truth when I'm sitting here looking at how you're living? That's real talk. That's real. (laughs) Um, I think that's part of the reason why you have like a Kevin Samuels getting so much attention on the Internet. I'm not a fan. I think that his wounds are loud. Um, I think that his obsession with being brash and cold and, um, condescending is, um, a form of attention seeking because when it gets applauded, then for him, that's, you know, that's revenue. That's that's, what follows attention is financial success. In the branding, marketing, and business world. So anyway, I'm not a fan of Kevin Samuels, but I do think that in his brain and in his world, he is well-intentioned and trying to do the right thing, right? So the point is some of the things that he says to women that they should recognize within themselves, They some of these women don't want to take any ownership for how they're living, how they're presenting, how they're, you know, making choices. He's not alone in his opinion and experience of feeling like women don't want to hear the truth of how they are being experienced. They only want to live in the bubble they've created for themselves. And that's why he's gone viral, (laughs) y'all. So you may not like it, but it speaks to what a lot of brothers feel and just never felt like there was a space where they could express it without punishment or losing something that they value, right? So what what that tells me is that we have to work on our communication skills. We have to work on how we talk to each other and how we relate to one another. And if each person in the dynamic figures out how to take care of themselves, you have a better chance of taking care of someone else because the interactions that exist within the dynamic should be coming from each person's place of overflow, right? So you should be taking such great care of yourself that it runs over and creates a capacity for you to now interact with someone else in a healthy way. We get toxic relationships and interaction when we are sitting back trying to fill each other's voids. Now we're creating these codependent behaviors where we gotta feed off of each other in ways that can eventually become depleting once the romance phase is done. And we didn't have so much sex, you know, I'm getting bored and all these other things that come into play, right? So I want to just read really quickly from my favorite book, something to give you some context to help you understand that this relationship is not some Cinderella shit to make you feel good and pacify the wounds that are unresolved within yourself, but that if you decide you want to interact deeply, intimately with someone and into the heart space with them you're signing up for a class to evolve and develop your soul that's what love will do love will grow you when it is being exchanged in healthy ways it will grow you it will teach you to expand your capacity so you can be compassionate considerate and create these pockets of space where someone, if they need to abandon you, yes, there is such a thing as healthy abandonment. If somebody needs to abandon you to self preserve, it doesn't cost them the relationship with you, that they can be human. <laughs> I really get tired of the subtle, you know, gender wars that I see. On social media about who's more wounded, who's more exhausted, men or women. Everybody's tired. Everybody's tired. Let's go beyond what's going on in women's hearts and what's going on in men's hearts. And let's go deeper to what's going on in my own heart. And the other thing that men say is like, And this is the the twist in the conversation that I wanted to provide. Like, here I am as a woman trying to have a dialogue with other women and possibly our male listeners about matters of men's heart. But you know how many men are tired of everybody trying to speak on their behalf and tell the world what's going on with them? Like, the best way for you, sis, to know what's going on in a man's heart is to go connect with a man and listen to him and believe him when he tells you. What's going on in his heart? If he says, I'm okay, then you got to take it for what he said it is. If he says, I'm not right. But like, let him tell you, stop looking for the shortcut. You know, why did Steve Harvey's book sell out? Because women was looking for a cheat sheet and a code for men. Like, listen, do the work. It gets gritty. Sometimes you got to plant your feet and say, I'm here. I may not understand what the hell is going on with you today. I could tell something at work, but you're human. And that doesn't mean that your toleration level is low. It just means that you have a certain capacity to interact with other people in an intimate way because you are emotionally and spiritually self-sufficient. The problem comes in when people run into each other Begin to care about each other, love each other And now I'm trying to take care of you But I'm really not whole enough to do that I'm not qualified because I haven't really taken care of myself So let me read this excerpt And then then let's talk about this more in the podcast after hours Because I want to hear your perspective So this comes from Um, And if you follow me and let the one be heard, you know my favorite book, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson, and it's in the relationship section on page 107. So if this is in your library, pick it up. It's great. So it starts off saying, therefore, and this is in the section subtitled Levels of Teaching. Therefore, the plan includes very specific contacts to be made for every teacher of God. Relationships are assignments. Write that down. Relationships are assignments. They are part of a vast plan for our enlightenment. The Holy Spirit's blueprint by which each individual soul is led to greater awareness and expanded love. Relationships are the Holy Spirit's laboratories in which he brings together people who have the maximal opportunity for mutual growth. He appraises who can learn most from whom at any given time and then assigns them to each other like a giant universal computer. He knows exactly what combination of energies and exactly what context would do the most to further God's plan for salvation. No meetings are accidental. Those who are to meet will meet because together they have the potential for a holy relationship. The Course this book is based on um, the book, of Course in Miracles. The course says that there are three levels of teaching in relationship. Three levels. The first level is what we think of as a casual encounter. Such as two strangers meeting in an elevator Or students who happen to walk home from school together The second level of teaching is a more sustained relationship In which for a time two people enter into a fairly intense Teaching learning situation and then appear to separate And then the third level of teaching is a relationship Which once informed lasts all of our lives At this level Each person is given a chosen learning partner who presents him with unlimited opportunities for learning. Even at the first level of teaching, the people in the elevator might smile at one another or the students might become friends. It is mostly in casual encounters that we are given a chance to practice the art of chiseling away the hard edges of our personalities. The second level of teaching people are brought together for more intense work, right? During their time together, they will go through whatever experiences provide them with their next lessons to be learned. And when physical proximity no longer supports the highest level of teaching and learning between them, the assignment will call for physical separation. What then appears to be the end of the relationship, however, is not really an end because relationships are eternal. And then the third level, the lifelong relationships are generally few because their existence implies that those involved have reached a stage simultaneously in which the teaching, learning balance is actually perfect. That's what I mean when I talk about union, sacred union. Right. Creating that harmony, that balance. That doesn't mean, however, that we necessarily recognize our third-level assignments. In fact, generally we don't. We may even feel hostility towards these particular people. Someone with whom we have a lifetime's worth of lessons to learn is someone whose presence in our lives forces us to grow. A lot of men um, that I hold sacred space for who are trusting me to help them with their personal growth and development they're hard on themselves and that pressure that they create puts them in this chronic state of I have something to prove and someone to prove it to and when you find a man who has convinced himself that that's true He cannot see any other way Yeah you gotta get that room You gotta get that brother room Because um, That energy can take It's frustrations out On people who aren't deserving Of those blows Um, It reminds me of An interview clip Of uh, Nikki Giovanni And I think it's Alex Bowman I think I got the names correctly If I didn't I Y'all know what I'm talking about. But she was saying, Black man, lie to me like you lie to the white man when you at work. You can keep your composure there outside in the world and then you come home amongst us and you take it out on us. Yeah, that's that's one part of the equation and brothers who find themselves with those behaviors are aware, some are making the decision to work through it, some are not. The other side of it is we have a lot of men. We have a beautiful awakening of men who are investing in themselves. I partner with plenty of men who hold sacred space for other men. And the brothers are rising. The divine masculine. When I say the brothers are coming, listen, sis, they are here. And if they're not in your proximity, you need to have a conversation with God after you get off the podcast to find out why. They are here. There are plenty of good men, good black men, amazing, incredible, wealthy, wise, nourishing. Some of my greatest healing moments have been with men, not women. I have that, you know, in my narrative too, but I've met some incredible healers. Okay. So the, the brothers on the other side of it are looking for a certain vibration and I want you to reflect on are you resonating at that vibration yourself are you running into them, are they running into you, are you practicing these different levels of teaching that come with relationships are you healing yourself in such a way that no matter who you encounter it's all good it's all good so food for thought. I can't wait to dialogue with you all about, you know, matters of men's heart. Take inventory on the men in your lives: your daddies, your uncles, your cousins, your sons, right? And do you really even understand, like, what is his dreams? What are his ambitions? Um, what are his fears? You know, one of my husbands. He's incredible. When we have time together, he's intentional about putting down his, um, I need to be a certain way. We act silly. Sometimes you would think we two kids running around the house but naked just being silly and crazy because we're intentional about being a safe space for one another. You can be whoever you need to be in a moment and it's all good. And one of the things that we've affirmed to each other is part of the reason why love thrives and grows the way it does is because we hold that space where it's okay if you don't know what you're doing today. It's okay if you don't have a plan. But to be a woman in this age of awakening who discredits the value of of someone who is trying to stand up in their full stature, what does it say about your standards for yourself and By that, I mean people who are hard on themselves are hard on other people. People who aren't realistic about their own capacity tend to be judgmental of the lack of capacity they think they see in others, but there's a scripture in the Bible that says, before you try to take the speck out of somebody else's, I'll take the log out of yours. My point is this. What's on our men's heart? Uh, They want to be accepted, validated, appreciated. They want to know that they get to be themselves the same way our culture right now, celebrating women being themselves. Let's make sure that our brothers can have that space when they are choosing to do this love dance with us. And if you have resistance to that, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what's triggering for you by giving another human being acceptance. Now I ain't ta- listen, I ain't talking about the abusive man and I I am very aware of the data showing especially in the black community, that majority of the trauma in our community is initiated by black men. I'm not ignorant to that. That's just not the focus of my conversation tonight. If y'all want to have that conversation, we can do that. We can do an episode about that. I'm talking about the men who are showing up, growing they're not abusing not raping and not traumatizing, right, but they are imperfect, and they are trying to find their way and be better men and there are more black men in America who are doing that than you may recognize. but you can't see what you won't look at, and more of the brothers that I hold space with, and interact with, they yearn to be seen correctly. They yearn to be seen correctly. And I had to get honest with myself about how much pain I was in and how that pain was distorting my perception of men that were right in front of me simply trying to love me. I couldn't even see it. I couldn't even receive it because I was so angry And I was in deep pain. But once I stopped wishing that my journey in life was anything other than what it was, I was able to gain some pain relief. And suddenly my perception of myself, my world, and the people in it shifted. My sisters... Don't let what you've been through be so important to you that it costs you opportunities to have new experiences that blow your mind. And brothers, know that there are women who are doing the work to be prepared to receive all of who you are. In your whole healthy, vibrant state, we are ready. And even if you are in transition, like we're not intimidated by your journey. The same way so many men aren't intimidated by our sisters. Like it goes beyond gender at this point. At this point, we are relearning and remembering how to be human and humane and kind and compassionate to one another. We all could use some of that. Love is the most potent medicine, so let's get a good dose of it. All right. So I hope you heard something that has your wheels turning. You're welcome to continue um, the dialogue with me and our Facebook group. Let the womb be heard. I really want to catch you in the after party and hear some of your thoughts about what we talked about tonight. Know that I love you. Make sure you're staying um, connected to all of our upcoming offerings. We have the Power of Pleasure Masterclass. Mm -hmm. That's where I teach women for six weeks how to take care of your sensual and sexual health and how to create your inner vixen, your sacred whore. And (laughs) that journey is incredible. So the early registration for that class closes August 30th. August 30th. And so make sure you get your registration in. Um, After that, the price for the registration doubles. You don't want to miss the financial reward for making your mind up sooner rather than later. All right. So um, if you know that that needs to be in your self-care toolkit, go ahead and be a part of that experience. And then also check out some of our social media pages. We're all over the internet, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Make sure that you follow, turn the notifications on if you're trying to stay connected to the work that I do, the conversations that I have. I'm always dropping inspiration and enlightenment on the internet every single day. Um, It feels good to me to be that consistent with it, but I also know that there are people looking to hear what Tama has to say. So make sure you're following our social media pages and that you also turn on the notifications. I love you again, and I can't wait to meet you in the podcast after party. Peace.